0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome each and every one of you. Those of you that are here, that are part of our family, those of you that are part of the Believers family uh, in Mahoning County, Trumbull County, we are so excited that you're with us. And those of you that are over in uh, Eastern PA, Western PA, we're excited you're with us. And all of you that are visiting, you that have been invited, we're so excited you're with us too. And you're not here by mistake. This is not by mistake that you're here. I really believe this is a divine appointment. We're celebrating the most important weekend in the Christian calendar. We're celebrating the weekend when Jesus himself came up out of the grave. So Good Friday, we celebrated and we remembered how he died for our sins and God raised him up from the the grave here on this particular weekend. So again, It's a big weekend, and I want to talk about how God wants to take that resurrection power that raised Jesus up from the dead and how he wants that power to literally revive every area of your life. And I want to begin with what I call a Joe story. This is a story that literally happened in my life. This story happened when I was about in 10th grade and it happened between my brother Michael and I. Michael was an 8th grader and I was full grown in 10th grade. Mike wasn't full grown until after high school. So, uh, I was much bigger and tougher than him at the time, but I'll never forget. We're arguing and fighting in the backyard and we're in each other's face and we're cussing at each other, fighting and arguing, but our hands are down. It's like we don't have our dukes up, right? And it's just a brotherly argument that we had quite often. Nobody else is around. And then all of a sudden, Mike sucker punched me. I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect it. And I was so mad. And he hit me right here with that sucker punch. And he knocked the wind out of me. And if you've never had the wind knocked out of you, it is an awful experience. And I wanted to say I'm going to kill you, but I couldn't. I just fell to the ground. And when the wind's knocked out of you, you're grasping for your breath. You're, you're trying to breathe, but you can't breathe. And you think, I'm literally going to die right now. And I heard Mike. Mike ran away into this woods. We had a big woods behind our house. He ran away laughing. And I lay there, I don't know how, with a minute, minute and a half, whatever it takes to recover. And I got back up. I'm not going to tell you the end of that story, but it wasn't good for Michael, right, in that particular time. But you might ask, why do you share a story like this? Well, Well, here's why. Here's why. As you and I are walking through life, this world that we live in, it sucker punches us. It knocks the breath, the wind, right out of us. And those areas of our life, sometimes some people never recover in those areas. And I wanna take this incredible message that we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. We wanna celebrate that, and we'll read some scripture to celebrate what's going to happen because of that. But guys, I also want you to understand that Jesus literally wants to breathe resurrection power into your life and revive every part of your life where you need revival. So that could be your marriage. You know, with COVID-19, uh, you, you may be noticing more holes in your marriage that, than you thought were there because you're always together, you know, and wherever your marriage is at, I want to say to you, God wants to breathe resurrection life into it. He wants to revive it. Or maybe it's another relationship that you're in, maybe a relationship uh, with with your parents that you think, can it ever be fixed? Or parents with your kids, can it ever be fixed? Or maybe it's your finances. Maybe they were a mess before COVID-19 and maybe COVID-19 knocked them silly and you think, can this ever be revived? Maybe it's your physical body and you wonder, can this part of my life ever be revived? Or Maybe it's one of those areas in your life, the Bible calls them chains of bondage. And all it's referring to is those areas where we we just need set free. Maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a fear, maybe it's something else, and we just need freedom. And I wanna speak to every one of us. Not only did Jesus rise up from the grave so we could rise up someday, but he rose up from the grave so that same exact power could revive every area of our lives. And I want to read a cool scripture to start this out. Uh, this is back in the beginning, and I just want you to see what God Himself is able to do. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, The time came when the Lord formed a man's body from the dust of the ground. So a body was just laying there, lifeless. It was never alive, just lifeless. But then notice, and breathed into it the breath of life and man became a living being. That was resurrection power. And that brought Adam, the first man, to life. And that that power is just continuously going on. And that's why, you know, when we're born and the doctor takes us out and he slaps our little fanny and we begin to, ah, we begin to cry, that's that breath of life. It's just gonna go on continuously. And the same God that brought life to the first man and brings life to all of us. He can literally breathe life into every year of your life. He can revive every year of your life. So this is my big idea for this lesson. If you're visiting again, we're so excited you're with us. My big idea is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, or, you know, understand more clearly than ever in your homes, right? Because we're together apart right now. We're still together though. We're together in spirit. So here's my big idea. God plan. God's plan isn't for us to simply survive. It's for us to be revived. And this is so important. We know it revived us. It's coming back to life, right? But but listen to the first part. God's plan isn't for us to simply survive. And that reminds me of another Joe story. I was a little guy, man, just little like this, right? Right here, a little guy. And we had a swimming pool in our backyard. It had a shallow end and a deep end. And uh, I had older brothers, three older brothers. I'm not gonna tell on which one did this, but mom and dad weren't around. They were trusting the older brothers, right? And And... One of my brothers was in the shallow and the other was outside the pool and I was outside the pool. He grabbed me and he threw me in the deep end and I didn't know how to swim. And they knew I didn't know how to swim. And so I'm dog paddling. That's what I did naturally. I didn't know I'd do that, but I'm just dog paddling and I'm trying to stay alive. And I'm screaming, guys, I can't swim. And they're laughing, my two brothers laughing. I can't swim, I can't swim, I can't swim. And do you know they waited till I went under? And I didn't come back up. And then one of my brothers, the one in the shallow end, he went down and grabbed me and brought me back up. And I came up grasping for air and crying. And I said, I'm gonna tell mommy. And they said, I'm gonna kill you. And so on and so forth. That's dog paddling. Now that's how it is with some of our areas of our life and that's what i mean by simply surviving you're just dog paddling you're keeping your head above water and god doesn't want you to be that way until you die and then go to heaven and everything in heaven's awesome god wants you to be revived. He wants you to learn to swim through life and not just be dog paddling, just not surviving. And we wanna talk about how he wants to do that in each and every one of our lives. Now, listen very carefully. I'm not saying you won't have problems. I am not saying that there aren't going to be storms. There's not gonna be other things that sucker punch us. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as these things knock the breath out of us, God wants to come in and he literally wants to revive that era of your life. So I just want to give you some hope. Can I show you why he can do it? If you've accepted Christ, guys, listen to this scripture. It's amazing. Here it is. Romans 8 and verse 11. And if the spirit of God who raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will make your dying bodies live again after you die by means of the same Holy Spirit living within you. Now, this is a future promise. It's a beautiful promise. Someday, I mean, if someone's dead 500 years, 2,000 years, whatever, 100 years, they were embalmed, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, their body's totally decayed. It's ashes. It doesn't matter. God will supernaturally find every element and put it back together, and we'll have these beautiful bodies. Future promise. But here's what I want to emphasize. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that's going to raise our bodies from the dead over here somewhere. He now lives inside you if you've accepted Christ as your savior. And here's what I think happens to me. Maybe it happens to you. Uh, And you don't necessarily have to be exactly like me, but I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi movies. I love sci-fi TV shows. And a lot of times in sci-fi. You know what they do? They raise people up from the dead. I mean, they bring them back to life. And I think when we watch things like that, we kind of become numb to scriptures like this. And I know I have in the past. Do you know nobody has ever raised anyone from the dead except Jesus? No person has ever done it without God doing it through them. It's never been done before. This resurrection power is so powerful. One day it will raise all of us up. But that same power is living inside of you. And God doesn't want you to simply survive, man. He wants to revive you with that power. And I love this statement. You ready for a really cool statement? It goes like this. Resurrections always happen when it's too late, right? You can't revive something unless it's dead. So it's always... Too late, right? And so some of you might be listening saying, you know what? It's too late. This thing's been dead for too long. It's been years. It's been months, whatever it is. It's been decades. And you might think God can't revive this anymore. But hey, that's the whole idea of resurrection. When it's dead, that's when it can be resurrected. So I want to make sure you have hope and hope like you've never had before, because that's what God's wanting to do in your life. So here's a cool Bible story. Jesus had a best friend, his name's Lazarus. And uh, Jesus had someone bring him word that Lazarus is sick and he's near death. And they said, would you come pray and heal him? You're the healer, come pray and heal him. He's near death. And so uh, all of a sudden, guys, Jesus takes his time and he doesn't go. Then Jesus finally arrives, he finally comes and Mary and Martha meet him and they say, you know what, Jesus? He's dead. Why did you wait so long? You could have come. You could have healed him. And they're in despair. And Jesus is smiling. He says, "Relax. Let me show you something." I want Pastor Joe to be able to use this in his 2020 resurrection message, right? And he says, "Take me to the tomb." And then he says, "Roll the stone back." And then listen to what happened. John 11:43. Then he shouted, "Lazarus!" come out. And guys, we're about to witness one of the miracles in the Bible. But here's what I want to say before we read the next verse. I really believe God's wanting to shout, be revived into different areas of your life. He wants you to be revived. Jesus is waiting to shout. I'm going to show you what we can do to let that happen. But listen to the very next verse, 44. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face, Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now, this paints a picture, guys, of how so many of us are. You know, when we accept Jesus, we're like Lazarus coming out of the tomb. We're, we're, we're recreated on the inside. We have life in here. We're, as many say, born again. That's our spirit man. But we come out and we have all these grave clothes on, right? And many of us have taken strip after strip away and we've revived those parts of our life. But you know what else I noticed? After all of them come off, as we're walking through life, we get another sucker punch, right? And then we have some more of those ugly things wrapped around us. And God wants to revive every area of your life, just like those were all taken off of Lazarus. He wants to pull them all off of you. God's desire, his plan isn't for you to simply survive. It's for you to be revived. So whenever I come up with a big idea, whenever I teach what God wants to do, I have to then ask the question, how do we let it happen in our life? How do we make it happen in our life? What can we do to set it up? What can we do to make sure this thing happens? And as I just prayed and looked and thought about, I came up with three major things that all of us can do. And all these things do is they just simply maneuver us into the right position, okay? So here's the first one. We have to ask God to move. We have to ask him to move. You know, you might say, well, God already knows. Well, Jesus talked about that. You know, he said in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I don't want you praying like the non-Christians pray, the people that haven't met Jesus yet and don't know God. He says, I don't want you praying like them. They're just babbling. They don't know what they're saying. He said, uh, when you pray, he says, I want you to pray a certain way. But he went on to say, God already knows what you need before you pray. But then he went on to say, listen to this, this is how you should pray. So God knows, but God wants you to pray. And so that's why we have to ask. But I thought of something when I was thinking about us asking God to move. I thought about the do not resuscitate, the DNR that people have on their wills, And my parents had that. So I remember when my mom was passing on through to heaven, she went before my dad and she had a do not resuscitate. And us us kids, we wanted to keep her alive as long as we could. And the doctor said, we can't do anything. We're not allowed. She just wants to pass. And you know, if they would have done something, it just would have prolonged it weeks or a month or so. and, And then it all still would have happened. You know, my dad was the same, but I got to thinking, what if mom or dad were in an accident years before and A doctor came in and he said to us, you know, I could try this and it might work. Not sure if it could work, but then he said, but I can't do anything. They have a DNR. I'm not allowed to do anything. And I thought, wow, how many of us with God and with our life and with our problems, we have a DNR do not resuscitate. And we're kind of, we've given up and said, you know what? I'm just dead in this area. I don't want revived in this area. And God's saying, don't you dare do that. I want to bring you back to life. And how, how do we take the DNR off? We ask God to move. And there's a cool story in the book of Acts chapter four. Uh, the apostles, the disciples, um, they were beaten and threatened and they were told, don't you dare ever teach in the name of Jesus. And it really, really knocked the wind out of them. It was a sucker punch. They went back to their home church and they said, hey guys, we're really fearful. Uh, we're afraid. And if we go out and we preach, they may throw us in jail. They may kill us. And you can tell that by how they prayed. So then they prayed, and I love the way they prayed. They said, God, man, we ask you to flood us with boldness so we can share the message. So we know they were in fear. They, they 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 were petrified and they said, God, flood us with boldness. And then they said, God, on top of that, do some miracles so we get people's attention. And do you know after they prayed, the Bible says the house they were in shook? I've never had that happen. That's pretty cool. It wasn't an earthquake. It was just a God quake, right? And the house shook. And then the Bible says the Holy Spirit filled them and flooded them with boldness. And then they went out and they shared Jesus. Boldness could be God revived them. They were dead in fear and God came in and breathed and revived them. And then God did miracles. It's a beautiful chapter in the Bible. I just want you to see you and I have to ask. Here's the second thing, guys. And this is also really important. Uh, We have to expect God to move. The Bible tells us that when we ask, we, we have to believe God heard us. We have to expect that he is going to move. And this is an area in my life where I've struggled at times um, because sometimes we have some really big things happening in our life, right? And and I've struggled. I've struggled believing or ex- being able to expect that God would do something. And so here's how I build that up, that part of my life to where I can expect. I simply read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I read Bible stories in those four gospels and in the Old Testament. And I read stories like I just quoted from Acts where God did miracles. And I love to read about Jesus and how he did all kinds of miracles. And then this is what my mind does. Well, if God did that, then he can do it here. If God could raise the dead, well, he can surely revive this particular part of my life. He can surely change this particular part of my life and, and just simply breathe life into it. And that gives me the ability to be able to expect God to move. So I encourage you to do that constantly. And I want to share some scripture with you. Listen to Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. That that's not be what you're thinking right now about your life, right? But with God, all things are possible. This is one of those verses that you can pull out of context. You might say, how can you pull a verse out of context? Well, Look at it again. Look at what I highlighted. But with God, all things are possible. So he took it out of the context and said, God can do anything. But the context is cool too. Can I can I share the context with you? Because it's really cool. The context is Jesus said, hey, it's gonna be really difficult for this particular guy and guys like him to come into the kingdom to become Christians. And his disciples said, who then can become a Christian? Who can go to heaven? And then Jesus said, well, he said, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I read read this for a reason. Some of you might have some loved ones that you're longing for them to come to know Christ personally. And maybe it's been, years or decades, and I just want to say to you, keep expecting, keep believing, but how about those other areas of your life where you wonder, will this ever change? Will these chains ever, ever come off? Can my marriage be changed? And here's what I want to say, man. Ask God, expect God, and God will do miracles. There was a guy in the Bible, uh, his son had a major problem, needed healed. And he went to Jesus' disciples because Jesus had three of his disciples up on uh, 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 where he was transfigured, the mountain transfiguration. And so when Jesus came down, this man came up to him and said, I went to your other, other disciples, the other nine, and they weren't able to help me. And so uh, he said to Jesus, and this this is an amazing statement. He said, heal him if you can. And that really offended Jesus. I want, I want you to know it offended him greatly. Take a look at this. Um, th- this, this is what happened. Jesus said in Mark nine twenty three, if you can. Now, the Greek language has no punctuation. Uh, the original Greek, neither does the Hebrew. And I think they should have put an exclamation, exclamation mark there because Jesus is like, what? I'm the son of God. What do you mean if I can? I can do anything. There's nothing that I can't do. And then he goes on and says this. He says, everything is possible for one who believes or is expecting. And I love what this man said. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help my unbelief. And this is happening in our lives all the time. It's because you're a three-part being. The real you is your spirit. When you accept Jesus, that part of you is born again. But even before you're born again, that part of you has an ability to believe. And then you you possess the soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. And that's the part of us where doubt comes in. And then we live in a body. So here's what this man's saying. He says, I believe in my heart, man but my head has all kinds of thoughts of failure, all kinds of thoughts of unbelief. You know what? That's happening in our lives sometime. And can I encourage you to keep expecting here and just tell those thoughts to go bye-bye, right? Because God is able. We ask, we expect, but then there's one more move we wanna make. And this is where some of us have never been taught. It's an important move. And it goes like this. We need to move towards God, and what does it mean to move towards God? It's so simple. It's just hanging out with God, spending some time with God. So right now, you know, you, you've enjoyed our worship. We have some more to come. You're listening to the Bible being taught. Guess what you're doing? You're moving towards God. You're hanging out with God. When you read your Bibles in the morning, uh, whether it's a couple of scriptures or you're reading through the Bible in a year, whatever it is, and some of you are newer, so you might start out light, but anytime you read scriptures, you're moving towards God, you're getting closer to God. And when we pray, when we listen to worship music, it's just your devotional time. And it's that atmosphere of God. And I love what James 4, 8 says. It says, if you move towards God, he'll move towards you. And it's just positioning ourselves, and we're getting as close to the God who has resurrection life as we can. This is a really important move. And there is a great... Uh, scripture in the Old Testament that is so, so powerful. I want to read it to you right now. And, and listen, it tells us exactly what will happen if we move towards God. Isaiah 40 in verse 28 reads like this. Don't you yet understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. I have to translate this for us. Ready? Here's why God said this, God never needs revived. God is resurrection life, right? He's full of resurrection life. And so this this, uh, is starting out this beautiful section of scripture by saying, God has never been sucker punched. God will never be sucker punched. God doesn't have to be brought back to life. And so God is the one that has life to give. That's why he's starting that way. But listen to this now, Isaiah 40, verses 29 and 30. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. So notice how he wants to give it. He wants to give, that's reviving. And wherever you're weak, wherever you need strength, wherever you need revived in your life, God says, I want to give it. And then I love this next verse. Even the youths, that's how my uh, relatives who were immigrants said this word. Even the youths shall be exhausted and the young men will all give up. Can I translate this one for you guys? It's powerful. I don't care how tough you are. Typically younger people are tougher and stronger, right? Than, than us older people. And he says, I don't care how much uh, strength you have. I don't care how uh, much endurance you have. Sooner or later, life's gonna sucker punch you and you are going to need Revived. And I think most of us that have lived a while, we figured that out. I figured it out when I was young because I was sucker punched quite a few times, not literally like my brother Mike, but life itself as a young Christian, man. And God's just trying to let us know hey, I can't be sucker punched. I have resurrection power. You can, but I want to give you what I have. I want to revive you. And then we have this famous verse that comes next. It is so famous. Listen to Isaiah 40 and verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord, we'll talk about what it means to wait, but, but, but it is moving close to him. It's, it's hanging out with him, uh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not Faint. So I love the imagery here. This is cool imagery. Just think of an eagle. And I think most of us have seen eagles, right? And they're so majestic and they oftentimes don't even flap their wings. The the wind is just guiding them and they're above all the troubles of this earth and they're above all the predators and they're just, you know, just flying along. God says, that's where I wanna bring you in your life. I wanna take you up. This world's a mess, but I wanna revive you and bring you up to that level. And then I like these next two images that God uh, gives us It says, they shall run and not be weary. Running is when you're at war, right? It's kind of like this country going through COVID-19. It's a time of war. It's a time of great battle. And I love what God says. He says, I can revive you no matter what you're going through. And I can energize you with life. And then I like this, they shall walk and not faint. And that says we just go through everyday life. God says, I can revive you with endurance too. But let's see how he does this. What, What do we need to do? In order to position ourselves, it's moving towards God. So we ask God to move. We expect God to move and then we move towards God. Let's read this again. But they that wait upon the Lord. And you know, when I see the English word wait, I kind of see somebody tapping their feet like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, Gina, get ready. We're going to be late. You know, that kind of waiting or God, come on. It's been a month. It's been a year. Come on, God, hurry up, hurry up, God, something like that, right? not at all that's not what this is referring to uh, this word literally means to bind together by twisting I love it that's that's the picture that it paints So think about it you take you know two 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 threads and maybe twine a little bigger and you wrap it together and doesn't it become stronger and aren't they close and it's just painting the image of us getting as close to God as we can come and it says, If you wait, if you move towards God, and so while all this is going on, you ask, you expect, and then just spend some time with God, let time go. But while it's going, don't give up, don't lose hope, don't walk away from God, draw closer to God. And then God says, here's what I will do. And I love this. He says, the Lord shall renew your strength. The Lord shall revive you. The Lord shall take that resurrection power. Remember, He he's never been sucker punched. Remember, we definitely can be worn out. We definitely can be sucker punched. But he says, I will literally renew your strength. And that word renew literally means to exchange one for the other. And so God says, I'll take all that's dead in your life. I'll take it and I'll consume it with my life and I'll flood it with my life. So listen, guys, listen. Listen. I want to pray that God revive every area of your life and God will revive every area of your life. And there are some of you that are watching right now, Facebook Live and YouTube uh, Live, and you're watching at believers.cc, and you may not even know how you arrived, or others, you're part of the family, and you're like, wow, I am excited to see God and watch God revive my life. So I want you to know, I wanna come back, I wanna pray for you, but before I do that, we have another really special video, and I want you to enjoy this with me, and then I'll be back.
1: In the beginning, there was darkness. And God said, let there be light. And with that light came life. And the Creator looked at his creation and saw that it was good. the light. Because after the darkest night, the light dawned. The Son of God was resurrected to life. And with Him, the hope of the world. Hope for the dead to rise again. Hope for the living to truly live. Hope for every situation, every story, every city. Hope for revival.
0: Without a doubt, He's the God of revival. And I thought that video and the song just did an incredible job bringing that point home. And you know, if you're watching on Facebook Live or maybe YouTube Live, you might wonder, why in the world did I click that button? Why did I click that invite? And I wanna tell you, This is our God-ordained moment in your life. It's, It's not by mistake that you're listening right now. So I want to say to all of us, I want to pray for God to revive every part of your life in a moment. But first, I want to speak to those that might be listening and you're not sure of your eternity. And as you're listening and you're not sure of your eternity, I want to tell you that that's what we're celebrating this weekend. That's what Easter is all about, resurrection, Sunday. And you know, Jesus died. He went to the cross. God raised him up from the grave. And he literally died for the sins of the entire world, including yours. And then God raised him up. He's alive. Jesus declared, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they come through me. But he said, Whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. And hey, I did that when I was 19 years old. And I want to tell you a quick story. Before I pray, I accepted Christ. I had five brothers, my, my mom, And all five brothers and two sister-in-laws, within three months, they all accepted Christ. But my dad didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to accept Christ. And he was upset with me and upset with them. And I'll never forget our first Easter, almost a year after I accepted Jesus. uh, We were all going to go to church and we were going to the church I began to go to. And my dad said, he said, well, if I have to go alone to my church, I'm not going at all. He said, I'm going to just get dinner ready. Right. And so we all go to bed on Saturday night and we wake up on Easter morning. We're all getting ready and we're ending up in the kitchen where we're going to go into the garage and my dad walks out of his bedroom with his suit and tie on and we said, where are you going? Are you going to your church, dad? He goes, nah. He goes, I don't want to go by myself. I'm just gonna come with you. It's kind of like if you, you can't beat him, join him, right? So he comes to church with us. It was a smaller church, about 250 chairs in it. And uh, I couldn't sit in his row, but I sat in a row behind him. And the pastor did an incredible job with an Easter message. And at the end, he said, let's everybody bow their heads. And he shared what I just shared, how Jesus came to save us, God raised him from the dead. And then he said, hey, he prayed a prayer. And he said, if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? And he said, nobody look around. And I'm telling you, the whole church was watching my dad because I told them all, pray for my dad. He hasn't accepted Jesus yet. So at that altar call, we all cheated. And the minister said, hey, if you prayed that prayer, raise your hand. And my dad, it was, I'll never forget it. I'll remember it as long as I live. I don't remember the message exactly. I know it was about resurrection, but I'll never forget this moment in time. My dad raised Both hands and man my brothers and my mom we all went crazy uh the whole church went nuts uh, when the when the pastor said let's celebrate and easter is very special to me because of that but it's also special to me and to all of us because of what jesus did in raising from the dead so i want to ask you a question right now i'm not asking you to join our church I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. I'm not asking you if you're an atheist or an agnostic. I'm not asking you any of those questions. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Have you made it personal with him? Because everybody knows who he is up here. But there has to come a time where we make it personal here in our hearts. And we say, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my Savior. Do you know God says that's the only way to go to heaven? And- I believe there's a lot of you right now listening. You've been invited, you've clicked, you're on, you haven't left, and God has been speaking to your heart. And I want you to pray with me like my dad did with that pastor. I want you to pray with me right now. Think about it, Easter weekend, uh, you are going to accept Christ as your savior right on this day like my dad did. It's gonna be a big, big, incredible day in your life. So uh, would you repeat this prayer after me, just simply mean it. Just just say it with me. Everyone else that's already prayed it, can you pray for the people that are praying right now? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and this day I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for the sins of the entire world. I believe you're the Son of God. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're Lord of my life. And I make a decision this day to follow you. Amen, amen. Now, and something spectacular happened, you may not have failed it, but you've been cleansed of all your sins. You've been, what the Bible says, born again you have eternal life heaven's your future home and again you may not have felt a thing but you know what else is happening right now the bible says that if one person on planet or think about that all the the billions and billions and billions of people if one person accepts christ that god himself and all of heaven begin to celebrate so i want you to know heaven's celebrating right now they're celebrating for you and listen those of you that are listening on facebook live YouTube, uh, live, believers.cc, our website for the church, wherever you're listening, whatever kind of screen it is, what just happened is amazing. And I remember when I accepted Jesus as my savior, the man that was instrumental in bringing me to the Lord, Lou, he said, you need, you need to go public and tell the first person. He said, it will change your life. It will build your faith. And I did that. And it was amazing how it did that for me. So I want to ask you to do something. If we were in service here, I'd say, hey, I'm not going to have you stand, not going to have you come up to the front. But if you prayed that prayer, would you raise your hand? And then at, when we were all done, everybody would, they would just clap and celebrate. So you can't hear, that, but no heaven's rejoicing. But I want to ask you to do me a favor. There's a number on the screen. And if you just accepted Christ, would you text that number, put, put it in a text and then text it with the words believe. That's all you need, believe. And what that's going to do is it's going to let us know that you accepted Christ because we want to be able to celebrate. How else can we celebrate? And just, just let us know right now. And, and so some of you are thinking, should I, shouldn't I? Are they going to bother me? We're not going to bother you, right? You're just, you're just going public. It's your first little public step, right? And all that's going to see it is us here. Nobody else is going to see it out there and just say, hey, believe and let us know. It's a big first step. It's going to change your life forever. And we're gonna be able to celebrate with you, which we're really, really excited to be able to do. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.